<laughs> what's up rabbit hole dwellers me and joelle just got together and we're just going to sort of uh, create an episode together and we thought it'd be a good idea to talk about uh freedom of speech cancel culture and some hypocrisy within the bitcoin ecosystem and see where it goes so um joelle freedom of speech my, my understanding of freedom of speech right if we're going to get straight into it particularly if you're like a bitcoiner right and we're saying oh freedom of speech is important but really, I think we should fucking take our own advice sometimes because we're quickly shutting people down, um, you know, fucking calling them out, blah, 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 blah. And not fucking, like, we're so fucking, I don't know, hypo the hypocrisy sometimes winds me up in the space. And you get people blocking themselves left, right and centre. And I'm like, mm, so what are you on about then? Are you cancelling people, but then at the same time complaining about cancel culture? So, yeah, it's, it's got me a little bit sort of uh, rolled up about some of the hypocrisy that there is in the space. I don't know about you, Joel, but that's my initial fucking introduction into this episode. I think it is a mix of hypocrisy and then um, just a circle jerk we're in. Because um, uh, <laughs> funny enough, this Wednesday, um, I'm, I was actually at a Bitcoin meetup here in Vienna. We have one about once every few months. And then there's sometimes mm. there are like workshops and these things. And we yeah. also spoke about, you know, the sort of the narratives and things that you have in a Bitcoin space. And uh, I think it wasn't out yet. It came out either yesterday or two days ago. But um, Pete Rizzo was on um, the oh, podcast. Bitcoin did. Yeah, on uh, Peter McCormack's podcast. I haven't seen it yet. Me neither. But from the looks of it, what I've read on Twitter, and there's been a few threats and, you know, going back and forth and things. Um, he also criticized the, the, the sort of perspective on these things. So the way I see it, you know, the whole ordinals thing, it was inevitable mm. that at one point experimental things will uh, lead to Bitcoin. It isn't the first time that this happened. And uh, if you look at it from a purely objective way, all it does is people are using Bitcoin in a different way, whether you agree with it or not. Uh, and I go, hey, as long as it's consensus, okay. And like, they're not, you like, uh, trying to actively spam the network. I think there is the discussion, is it spam or not? Um, I'm okay with it. And like, yeah, Bitcoin is for anyone. If, if they want to join and they take the time to study this and this gives their life meaning, who are we to judge, right? And um, we also had this at the meetup. And then someone also said, um, but yeah, is it ethnical or not? And I kind of went like, the whole fucking ethnical thing, like, is money at the end of the day ethical? No, if, if you go by like, you know, the, the proper standards of how people analyze these things. Um, and what is ethics at the end of the day as well? Like, should I, if I stand at a red light, should I really wait until it turns green because it's the right thing to do? Or should I just look left and right and if I can walk, I can fucking walk. So, you know, all of these things, that was obviously a very simple argument. There's more to that than this. But all of that sometimes is in the Bitcoin ecosystem where we go... Bitcoin is the purest form in whatever it is, and you have to keep this up high. And if you don't do it, then you, you sort of either get cancelled, um, you get called a shitcoiner. I personally, I mean, get, don't get me wrong, there are shitcoins in the world, but, you know, I don't see the benefit in calling everything a scam, because then you sort of turn into this weird uh, uh, uncle that is at uh, Thanksgiving and stuff, uh, just telling you how fucked up the world is. Um, and it's not going <laughs> to convert people who are normies. People who like to invest to have more at the end of the day, 
they look at stuff like the ETFs, for example, and go like, oh, so my advisor is telling me to buy this Bitcoin thing. And if they start then actually realizing, oh, there's more to the story than just the ETF, you know, this is what gets them in, I believe. Um, but it, it, it doesn't help that we will get 8 billion people on board if we call everything a scam. Um, because, mm. again, is that then ethical? It, so, you know, these are sort of the thoughts I'm having lately. Yeah, it's a, it's a head spinning uh, concept, really, if you think about it. But, you know, Bitcoin is like, the common sort of narrative is like, you know, it provides a free marketplace, right? A free and open um, marketplace. And so you you celebrate that that does that, but then also shit all over the um, new ideas and the trying out of different things within the space at the same time, which is part of the process of working out this free market, right? Um, yeah, and I also understand that people will have their uh, thoughts about it and their criticisms about it. And I'm not saying, I'll oh, just accept it and get over it. I think, yeah, we should sort of uh, criticize, debate and all that sort of stuff. But I think I think where it starts getting a little bit kind of messy is then when people are um, not taking their own advice. You know, they're not sort of engaging in discourse. They're not sort of trying to learn more about it in a way that, you know, is more sort of engaging. They're just sort of like shitting all over a certain area of Bitcoin or certain Bitcoiners or certain parts of community and not really sort of taking in that perspective and reflecting it on upon themselves. Because that make part of for me personally, right, part of going into the Bitcoin rabbit hole is to, you know, and that's part of why I'm questioning Bitcoin and Twitter, right, is it, it forces you to sort of reassess. Well, that's your wife. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Let's not go into that, mate. But yeah, mate, it's, do you know what? My wife, right, she is a Bitcoiner now, I've got to say, right? And her and I have just sat down so many fucking nights, man. I feel so privileged that I uh, am married to somebody right who's able to sort of like hold a mirror against what i believe and her the same so sometimes we sit down and like have a debate and a good one like not like an argument with she she's got her own perspective right and i've got my own perspective and i pull it out there she puts it out there and we end up often at the same place but just from different we start at different positions and then end up oh i can see your where you're going is what where I'm going. But like from that perspective, I can now sort of like broaden my mindset mm -hmm. to understand and accept that's your process, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but if I sort of like stopped her and said, no, she's fucking wrong, get mm -hmm. out of the way, go fuck yourselves, which I'll never fucking do because that will be a disaster. You know, I'll never <laughs> live that one down. But <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is, and I think Dardu in Dardu's episode when we when he was listening to his uh, rabbit hole story, um, is like we we need to start sort of listening to other communities, mm -hmm. other voices, because that's information that we haven't previously had access to. Mm -hmm. That's information that we previously might not have given time hearing. And when we do those new fresh ideas, it's like a living organism. I think he referred mm -hmm. it to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, is this and this 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 working towards some sort of general? There, there's there's more opportunity for us to bring in voices and give that um, the respect. And yeah, mate, there's like the whole British hoddle thing recently that really <laughs> wound me up when he put that tweet out and it went all fucking messy on on X for him and all that sort of stuff. There were particular Bitcoiners who made it their business to. To dig down into his history, 
when he was doing all these sort of gold seminars and all this sort of grifting and all this and the other. And I'm like, mate, you spend all your time digging into this guy's history. Why, why don't you actually sort of like take on the fact that, you know, we've all eventually end, ended up in Bitcoin. Mate, I was a fucking police officer at one stage. Mm-hmm. You know, mate, you, you might consider me previously an agent of the state. Dude, I used you to know? freelance for various crypto projects and, you know... We've all got a fucking history, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, I got paid in and I just always converted them either to Bitcoin or cash because I needed to live off them. But everyone has their past. And um, yeah. I actually had a very interesting um, thought experiment yesterday when I uh, went out for uh, dinner and some drinks with a friend of mine. He's also a Bitcoiner and he kind of went, so are you like a obnoxious sort of, he called it the religious Bitcoiner, which I kind of liked, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. trying to preach mm. and all of these things. Or are you a Bitcoiner that goes, right, I see the utility in Bitcoin. But for example, he then told me, I have a little bit of the money I save left over that I put into ga- quote unquote gambling and he's mm. not going to a casino mm. or something, but like maybe he buys a stock one point. Um, I, I sort of made the joke that, you know, I also uh, put something into one of the, the uh, Bitcoin ETFs because I still have a brokerage account in Switzerland that would actually list the ETF. So that was quite handy. And right. I just put something into the Vanek one because it has HODL as a ticker and I found that funny. Um, or I also have some NVIDIA stocks. Uh, luckily, I got it early enough. So, you know, you a bit in the profit and things um and he went i think it's okay if you are uh, aware of how you spend your money that your savings go into bitcoin for example um or maybe into something else maybe you need to save like a grand in cash that month because you need to pay a deposit or an insurance or whatever um and whatever you want to have left over to either gamble other people go shopping with this um he went like, that's okay in my book, because you're still a Bitcoiner. You see the utility of Bitcoin. Um, mm. And then on the other hand, you know, maybe you do, you're a big, you're not a big saver. Maybe you save like, I don't know, 20% of your monthly income or your income in general. And you like to convert another 20% um, into lightning sats that you can spend them and sap them. And um, like sort of what Joe Hall is doing, for example, doing these videos and giving them out. This is also a Bitcoiner because he carries on the spirit of Bitcoin. And I think as a whole, the the whole um, X community, and I'm, I'm deliberately calling it that, uh, they just need to take a fucking chill pill and actually go out into communities, into different things. And like, mate, next week I'm going to a fucking blockchain event here in Vienna by an organization. And I know that I'm going to run into a lot of bankers. I know I'll be the only one there with tattoos. I know I'll probably be the only one there in jeans and, and sneakers. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> I want to hear why they're not getting Bitcoin and how can I, especially with my day job, you know, create maybe content to convince them? Or who mm. knows? Maybe it's the five-minute conversation at that meeting where they go, oh, I haven't actually thought about this. That maybe like made the flip switch and now I get it. So I just think looking at it from this perspective, um, if you are continuously looking at one way of seeing the world, you are in an echo chamber and you are yeah, actually yeah, yeah. cancelling yourself out from that world. Um so in essence, mm. for any of the of these um, purists out there, um, we get what you want to do, but it's healthy to sometimes take another perspective. Yeah, and I'm not saying these purists are like not welcome in the space. That's that's the whole thing, right? Yeah, say your thing, do your thing. Yeah, whatever, do it. But expect people to kick back a little bit and fucking call you out on it and criticize that just as much as you criticize everyone else for not being a purist and that's what freedom of speech is right we you yeah just because you're saying one fucking hard line and you're right 
don't expect when people say no I, I don't see it that way and maybe that you need to see it this way that you shouldn't fucking engage with that in somehow mm-hmm. and actually really take it on rather than fucking just sticking your head in the sand and going full blast as as if like you're never going to change your mind because you, you know that's not what it's all about going down the bitcoin rabbit hole for me and you make a good point joel in the fact that you're going to this um this, this event where there's going to be these wankers <laughs> uh, and uh Mate, and you, you, at the end of the day, you're going into a space that is 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 different from you know other spaces that you might otherwise occupy, right? Of course, yeah. And and at the end of the day, that we are all our own individual, right, mm-hmm. within Bitcoin, but we're also at the same time advocates for Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And when people engage with you or see you in socials or in real life, and you wear Bitcoin on like on your sleeve, if you like, and they know that you're in that space, and you you're, you're the representative, you're the marketing department at that moment in time. And yeah, you you know you might have your own ideologies, your own beliefs, and your own uh, mission for Bitcoin. That's all well and good, but you know I just think there's opportunity for us to just be more engaging with people in a less fucking ridiculous childish way to mm. be fair mm. um and yeah and this whole like uh, i'm not sticking up for british huddle by the way when i was talking about him earlier still a cunt, when that, still a cunt. yeah when that tweet went out i even responded like i'll take your own advice and go fuck yeah no and and uh, shut the fuck up or something right like because i had my initial reaction to it right and that's all right we all have our mm. initial reactions to things that i put out there but what it actually did for me mate was actually made me think actually do you know what he's speaking to a particular audience he he's he set up his own content and put it out there because he wants to engage with a certain group of people and that's all right that's that for him to fucking do right that's his own choice he's speaking to certain people and he's making that clear we're we're out there doing our own thing speaking to whoever sort of resonates with us right and always bitcoin podcasts and doing things like bitcoin for millennials and the bitcoin source we're all trying to expand the ecosystem by engaging with people that resonate with us and our message right um, but when we got other people sort of, um, and, and British Hoddle, when he started blocking people, people putting it up there, oh, I've been blocked and celebrating that the fact they've been cancelled and things like that. And look, I didn't agree with his t- tweet or his post, whatever we want to fucking call it now. Um, but at the end of the day, am I going to block him? No. Am I still going to listen to his content? Probably, yeah, because just because I don't agree with certain aspects of his message doesn't mean I shouldn't still listen because he does say some stuff that I'm mm-hmm. like, actually, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense, this, that, and the other. And then if I block him, I'm disallowing myself information that otherwise might be helpful in the future to me, right? I'm closing my network to a point where, yeah, it's going to become an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, you know, only the things that I like to hear. And I don't think that's that's a good road to go down. I think you should always be challenged and accept that challenge and actually take it on and reflect it back on your own understanding of things, right? And that's what the whole fucking questioning everything is all about. It's like, okay, that was my understanding. Now you're coming up with this. Let me review that. Does it fit with this? Does it make sense? Can I verify it? No, no, no. And I think that's the way that we should start going down this road together. Mm-hmm. But it's, and at the end of the day, that's probably not going to happen because people are just going to do their own thing anyway. I'm not no fucking, yeah, I'm not right here. It's just, just, this is my opinion, right? So anyway. And you bring up, so two good points there. My day-to-day business now is split into three, maybe four jobs. So predominantly, you know, creating content for Relay. So on video, mm-hmm. uh, writing the blogs, writing the newsletter and these things. Then on the second hand, it's all obviously... Um, 
being part of the marketing team where we think about uh, the strategy and how to come up with and like our number one goal for example is to basically onboard newbies to show them the benefits of bitcoin uh, a third part and that is the big part then is uh, engaging with the media and when you mentioned now that i don't have to agree with whatever it is that i'm seeing but it's good to listen in of yeah. course i am going to read you know the mainstream media output and seeing if it's a positive output, if it's a negative output. And uh, you bet sure that if I find a journalist that has a neutral view on Bitcoin, I'm going to get in contact with them. And what I've often found now in the past few weeks is when you actually get in contact with them, it's often a lack of understanding that they don't get the full picture. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very social guy. I then ask him like, hey, if you need, I, I can explain it to you in 10 minutes in a call. It's probably a bit easier than writing a full on blog post as an email, essentially, um, or linking you to other resources where I'm sort of depending that you actually read them. And when I jumped on a few calls last week with them, they actually all went, oh, so if there is actually a need, for example, I explained the, the mining thing with one uh, Swiss journalist, he went, so if I get this straight, then the energy system is not stable at all. And I go, no, it's not. It actually has to rely, especially in Switzerland, on outside uh, sources and outside uh, countries as partners. Um, and if you then go maybe to a bigger country like Germany, for example, look at what happened when they turned off um, all of their um, um, uh, power plants and all of these things. And they actually went a quote unquote green route, which is now punishing their, their constituency and their people. Um, and there are opinions or there are um, ways of getting this done, for example, through Bitcoin mining. And I explained it very simply. Imagine a farmer. He has a river next to him. He already uses that river energy to create some energy, but he's often then having to waste that energy or to either sell it uh, on the price to the energy grid. What if he plugs in a few ASICs? He mines that. He has Bitcoin then on his balance sheet and he can either use this Bitcoin to then, uh, you know, save in it. Or if he does want to sell, he can sell it and buy cattle, buy animals, whatever, and basically monetize that little river he has next to him. These are concepts that are very rural, but they actually work. And the more I then talk to these people, I realized um, we are not helping if we, again, you know, call them fudsters and like, of course, we call fat out if there's fat, but like it doesn't help if you say, oh, you know, you work in like the mainstream media, you're an idiot. Um, often it really is that they have no clue how it works and that they basically yeah. need that first hand that helps pull them in and then explains uh, what is good, what isn't good. He, he also asked me like, are there fa fairly um, points in Bitcoin that you criticize? And I then kind of went like, yeah, you know, we all like to say that the bankers are evil, but whenever Jamie Dimon is on TV, everyone sort of freaks out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then sort of has an opinion of what he has to say about Bitcoin. Um, mm, and I mean, granted, mm, mm. you know, taking Jamie Dimon's opinion on Bitcoin is like trusting Jeffrey Epstein with your kids. It doesn't end well. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you should maybe listen to the guy. And also with him, he profited off the banking world as, as it works now. Do you really think he's going to change his mind? Of course he's not. So, you know, having mm, sort of mm, these different mm. perspectives, I think, just end up for you seeing Bitcoin in a different light and potentially also finding new avenues for you to help in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Yeah, and you know what? You made me think about social politics at the moment. When you're talking about outside the Bitcoin ecosystem and people that don't understand Bitcoin and things like that. And, and um, like, you got a lot of people and have had a lot of people historically fighting for freedom for a long time. You had these, these movements that are rising up, you know, shouting freedom because of their... their 
been disenfranchised or misunderstood or not um you know represented in the right way in society these people are wanting um elements of freedom that other people have access to right and groups are formed um around that and people get behind these groups because they're they're trying to fight for the thing that they believe that you know they need uh, to to get that freedom and whether or not and there has been and continue and there will continue to be groups that are set up that are funded by a, you know a suspicious means or they 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 misusing the funds in some way but ultimately the people that are um rallying the normal day-to-day people that are getting behind these movements are getting behind these movements because they don't know any other way to you know get together and fight for that freedom and when we're in the ecosystem of bitcoin and we're like are all these people we're hitting them all with the same brush right we're we're tarnishing this whole group and rather than trying to like uh, emphasize that bitcoin is an opportunity for them to actually obtain that freedom that they've been fighting for rather than just sort of like dissing them uh for being part of this or members of these groups so we shouldn't really be doing that because you know we've all been misguided in life we've all been sort of um you know on this journey and we've discovered bitcoin as an opportunity for everybody so why don't we sort of like put that signal out there rather than just you know i don't know blanketly targeting groups when when actually we should look a little bit deeper than that i don't know what you've got to say about that but that's what i think this this i think this holds true on so many different levels and um you know the first thing that now came to mind is also these should we call it beliefs we have in that eco chamber again and guys if we're speaking about this we mean like bitcoin twitter x uh, yeah. uh, Nosta, for example, although I, I love the idea behind Nosta, you know, it still is a Bitcoin eco chamber that where a lot of the same things gets repeated. Uh, unfortunately, it's also conferences. So, you know, you have the same thing there. Um, we often go stuff like we need to support fully open source projects and these kind of things. And I totally agree. Like if, if I can verify the code, uh, that, that platform, that system, whatever's running on, that's perfect. But... We're also in it to build a new, let's say, call it an economy. And what is the basic pillar of an economy? It's businesses. And if a business decides, for example, we are not releasing the code for a few months or even years because we don't want we don't want the possibility of actually someone forking a product or copying it, whatever. Um, I understand that because I understand it from a business business sense. And uh, same this week, I also had a fascinating chat on on uh, uh, Telegram with someone who is a Bitcoin and he came out of the TreadFi system and he asked me, you know, I am fully on board with the whole decentralization thing. I just asked myself, um, how much decentralized system, uh, decentralization do you need in the whole system? The base layer? Absolutely. Do we want to have decentralized uh, mining and not have a centralized force there? Absolutely. However, Mm -hmm. if you then start scaling and you get into these issues we have now, in 10 years, very few people will actually ever own a UTXO. They will probably always live on the scaled up Bitcoin solutions. Um, Or also this example with the ETFs. How many people out there who will now discover Bitcoin will care about decentralization? Unfortunately, not a lot of people. So 
Mm-hmm. Why are we then fighting this fight was sort of his question. And it was an interesting thought experiment for me because I've been thinking the same with all of these businesses we want to get on. Because what do we usually do if we try to convince a coffee shop? They um they end up using a centralized entity. In the UK, it could be Coin Corner. In the uh, US, it could be Ibex. Or over here in Europe, we have different solutions as well. And very few of them would actually, you know, have BTC Pay Server running on their own node connected to a custom domain and these kind of things. Um, it's beautiful that we have this option in Bitcoin, and we should always, obviously, encourage this. But my mind often then wonders, like, if we are going to just think super big and we're thinking about billions of people i think we more and more will have to face these kind of discussions and honestly i get if a 75 year old guy says you know i don't need a um, hardware wallet and i want to have it with a bank because uh, who knows i might have alzheimer's in like five years and wh- what do i do now and then i forget where i put the key so i have to basically tell it to someone who i trust anyway so you again are trusting mm-hmm, another party mm-hmm. why shouldn't i keep it with a bank or why shouldn't i hold some of my stack in an etf and the other one in in self-custody so i think the longer these things will take and the more we'll run in these issues we will have to face these questions and again I don't think it's bad to have an open mind and hear it out um, and trying to find solutions that work for the individuals because that's what it's all about, right? Everyone has the option to choose how, when, and where they want to be in the Bitcoin world. And uh, yeah, absolutely, mate, 100%. And um, we are early, right? And we do have a small ecosystem at the moment that is expanding. And I think there are, just like we're doing today, kicking back a little bit, some of the... um, narratives and and the growing culture within bitcoin because it needs to get to a point of going actually hold on stop let's just have a conversation here and just sort of like kick against it a little bit and as it sort of grows and there was a tweet that was put out the other day from um orange truth 88 that i reposted and it said the bitcoiner culture will continue to fracture indefinitely until it becomes a totally irrelevant concept and I, I agree with that. Like, you know, we need to continue to sort of um, challenge the the culture in order for it to grow, right? We can't just keep going in one direction because if we keep going in a certain direction and collect people that are only like-minded like us, then we just become one homogenous group it, with one agenda co-opting the identity of Bitcoin in our, in our sort of echo chamber. And that, that's not the way it should be, right? And if we want Bitcoin to succeed and grow, then what we have to do is be more accepting and forgiving of, of other ideas and thought processes and use cases for Bitcoin. And I think that's the only way that we can really sort of embrace the true uh, fundamental um, of Bitcoin or one of the fundamentals of Bitcoin, right? And um, yeah, that's that's all I've got to say on the matter, matey. But what do you guys think? <laughs> I just wanted to add what, what do our listeners think. And also let us know what you think of this new format because we came up... Um, first of all, we hit uh, uh, publish every Monday for a year straight with guests and, you know, with exciting voices and things. And we will continue to do this, but we will now insert these episodes between Ian and myself uh, because it's, first of all, easier to record and edit. 
because <laughs> we now got sort of a groove going. And secondly, you know, it also sometimes helps to keep things a bit more um, uh, timely. So if we have uh, major news, if something is happening, we can also react to these kind of things. So let us know if you like this. If not, um, you know, you can always send us an email, you can tweet at us, whatever, and uh, share your opinion and how you think about this. But if there's nothing else, Ian, I would say we'll say goodbye to the listeners. And as always, they got to stay curious. Damn straight.